0: SPX, the solution for publishers wanting to monetize their apps and mobile websites with mobile advertising has just made it easier for you to make even more money with private marketplace packages. You can submit your app to a package that buyers looking for your traffic can use to easily target, so your users receive relevant, high-quality ads. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about this later in the show. But for now, uh, you can go to Smarto's SPX platform at www.smato.com. That's S-M-A-A-T-O dot com. Sign up for free. It just takes a few minutes. And thank you to Smarto for sponsoring the show. Splitmetrics is an A-B testing and analytics platform for App Store and Google Play content. And content is king in a crowded App Store. Each element of your App Store product page is crucial for driving installs to your mobile app. Splitmetrics gives you a tool to A-B test and discover the most converting icons and screenshots and videos. To understand how to improve your App Store pages, go to splitmetrics.com forward slash Guy. That's splitmetrics.com forward slash Guy. And I want to thank Splitmetrics for sponsoring this show.
1: Hi, I'm Jeff Standard, co-founder and product manager at Drive Mode, and you're listening to the App Guy Podcast.
0: The App Guy Podcast, straight from your host, Paul the App Guy, sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment.
1: And we're honestly too excited to even search for it, and we just start seeing kind of the the, the server side of it just exploding, and there's all these
0: people coming in. And now, Paul the App Guy. Welcome to the App Guy podcast. I'm your host, it's uh, Paul Kemp. This is the show that goes around the world and finds the best, most inspirational uh, app entrepreneurs that are really doing it with the with the apps that they're building. I have got a great guest lined up because uh, this today this guest has built Uh, what I think is actually a genius uh, app. It's an app that is called uh, Beam Messenger, and you can do real-time messaging. And we're going to find out all about the the app and his journey. It's Alec Gordon, who's the co-founder of Beam Messenger. Alec, welcome to the App Guy podcast. Hey, Paul. Nice
1: to be here. Thank you.
0: Firstly, let's talk about the app Beam. uh, Tell us what it is.
1: So Beam is uh, what I call the first true real-time messaging app. So I make the distinction by saying true real-time because what, uh, what is predominantly used out right now is uh, kind of what I dubbed turn-based. Uh, so messaging apps, they kind of, we take turns typing, waiting, um, and it's this kind of playing chess with words almost. And so it's uh, not a very conversational kind of experience, but again, it's texting, and this is how we know text, and this is how it's been around for over 20 years. The app that I built... Uh, It works in true real time, whereby as I talk slash type in this context, you will be able to receive the message in real time. And so you don't have to look at the dot, dot, dot. You can sort of receive the message as it's being produced. And there's a number of other conversational dynamics included that basically kind of simulate that uh, conversational experience.
0: So so let's talk about how you got the idea, because it sounds like the most immediate thing I would use it for is typing in passwords and then deleting those passwords uh, before they get sent. Uh, what, um, how did you get the idea?
1: Right. So um, I, uh, I I found it. It's it's funny now to look back at it, but uh, I've sort of stumbled. I've worked on a number of ideas before this, and um, I kind of jumped between things. So I wasn't an app developer before this. I was actually working in computer vision, and we're doing skeleton tracking, so something completely different. And um, you know, my formal education is in life sciences. Uh, so it, it was kind of all over the place. But there came a point where I wanted to. Uh, sort of innovate in in, in a field where it's easily accessible for, you know, for other folks to kind of consume it. So apps seem to be the medium that, you know, uh, is is a very popular medium and everybody sort of has smartphones uh, nowadays and everybody uses apps. So I wanted to come up with something there and I sort of started brainstorming a number of ideas and I stumbled upon a um, sort of a kind of a social component. It would be uh, sort of helping people kind of connect and if they met in person, um, you know, for professional kind of purposes, et cetera. Um, and I I started kind of thinking about that idea and I started taking it further. And at some point I realized that if if there was a social app like the one that I envisioned, it would need a communication um, aspect to it. And the sort of the communication aspect would be texting. And so I started thinking about texting and whereby uh, there's anything new could, that could be done in texting because I kind of wanted to do the whole thing I knew. And so started thinking about texting. And at some point I kind of stumbled upon what if we actually sort of transmitted the, um, the message uh, sort of in real time. And so the more I started thinking about it, the more I realized that that is actually the much better idea than any of the sort of the ones that I Came before it where I was just going to plug in the real time in there, and I was like, no, let's actually just toss everything else aside, and let's uh, completely sort of focus on this real time messaging idea, and it sort of uh, came from that, and you know, and we started developing it, and we had a prototype uh, very, kind of very soon into the process, and so we, me and my co-founder, we both knew that. This is actually technologically feasible, and we're going to be able to sort of build it, you know, ourselves. And yeah, we basically started going from there.
0: I, I love this. I mean, the fact that you uh, reminded me a little bit of Elon Musk, where he the way he talks about the the core problem, and uh, you you wanted to do something in conversation. Uh, so, like, because I was actually recently chatting, and I'm hoping to have on the show someone from BuzzFeed, the VP of mobile, and mm-hmm. he was talking about the explosion of messaging, direct messaging, yeah. as a way we communicate. Uh, did you do any sta- sort of uh, re- research to help you justify this idea?
1: Um, yes, uh, I, I did a number. And just to sort of comment really quickly on BuzzFeed, I actually owe them a lot because they were the first ones to have covered us um when sort of last year november when we launched uh, the android app and so it was BuzzFeed that wrote up the first on us and they made a very sensational headline and that article went viral and it sort of completely snowballed from there but that was actually the catalyst for that so uh thanks to them but uh as as far as validation i i started doing research and it was actually i i saw that Real-time has existed before in certain forms, uh, usually it would be some kind of desktop application or a plugin or whatever, but um, the thing was nobody ever cracked it on um, sort of, no, first of all, nobody ever built it for mobile and, you know, in, the, in this day and age, this is kind of the, the main platform. And because peop- the, 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 the applications, I mean, ICQ, let's say, had a real-time component at some time. AOL Instant Messenger called AIM had something. Um, Google Wave also used to be a thing, and that was actually, uh, it was trying to go for a sort of enterprise market with, with some real-time communication, and that technology didn't work out. Uh, they extracted sort of the real-time um, technology out of it, and they put it into Google Docs. So if you're familiar with how Google Docs work uh, in collaboration... As you type, the the recipient will actually be able to see it in real time because, again, it's using something similar. So, Google Docs actually served, uh, funny enough, it served as a really good MVP because we didn't actually have to build anything. I invited a whole bunch of friends um, for one on one chats over Google Doc, and I would later poll them whether they thought that this was fun at all. And, you know, basically everybody said, yeah, this is kind of cool actually. And, you know, and I asked, would it be, you know, would you use this if I brought it onto mobile? And they said yes. So that was actually a really good kind of starter point. Um, so the, you know, there was a little bit of validation. I did I did research on that, of course, and there was some some other things. Real time has also existed for some other kind of things. Um, so yeah, there, there, it it's, it has existed before, but never in this form, uh, the way we built it, and uh, having sort of having to be focused on mobile platforms and on limited sort of computing resources, unlimited screen space, we actually had to kind of innovate on how we actually display real time as well, because we couldn't do split screen, which is what, you know, the majority of them did it before. And it's kind of a messy way. So the way we did it is we organized it very neatly on one screen and the mechanic of beaming in whereby uh, if you're telling me a story and I can comment kind of at the exact point, you will see exactly when I spoke the part that I spoke relative to yours. And so we kind of, um, just with texting bubbles, we kind of did some rearranging and we actually developed something that was kind of um, clean enough to kind of read and and observe. So that was how it happened.
0: Uh, Alec, I'm really enjoying this story because I think people listening are at that, maybe many of them are at that part of the journey that you were a year ago when you were inviting a bunch of your friends around for an MVP kind of demonstration and I was just wondered, like how important is it to get feedback at that early stage to validate your idea before you start really focusing and spending money on it?
1: Um, So uh, I, I have some strong opinions about actually very early validation. So there's, there's, there's pros and cons. So basically you want to validate, but not too early because anything that's at all innovative in any respect, um, the first time you run it by people, you're usually going to get sort of you know startled looks, and and people are going to tell you, well, this either won't work or this uh, you know this can be done or whatever. So this is actually a common sentiment um, from people when you try to present to them something that actually is innovative, not something that's just you know a plus whatever some functionality that you know you kind of just combination. But if you actually present something to them that it's kind of a radical diversion from what they, you know, what they think they know. And then you're, 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 you know, offering to kind of produce that, develop it. A lot of times people will actually tell you that that may not be a good idea. And the important part is to really be, sort of have the conviction to know yourself, to have done your own internal research, your own internal validation, and to actually start going in that direction. And when you have something that now, Takes shape and form, whereby if I'm presenting it to a friend, it's not just you know a couple sentences. And would this be cool? But whereby it's an actual thing, um, where the person can actually experience it, you know, to, to to some extent, and that would actually be representative of the final product, so to say. That is more important because that lets them kind of it puts it in front of their face, and then it lets them actually engage with it. It's then they start evaluating it on different things rather than just superficially kind of either dismissing it or even supporting it, even saying, "Oh, this is a great idea, absolutely." That that very early validation is actually could be a hindrance. You need to actually um, sort of just know yourself that this is the right direction. Put something together um, in whatever shape, form, and then start kind of. Um, getting feedback on it so you can't do it too early but of course you still need to know that you still need to bounce it off of people it's just you also need to be selective with what people you bounce off of so there's there's a lot of argument to be made there for it's you know it's <laughs> there's no simple answer and there's many stories of great ideas being shut down early and there's pro- probably many innovators that um were discouraged early on from pursuing what they wanted to do because it seemed odd. But most of the ideas that we now sort of, you know, are exposed to most of the products that we now use were odd in their conception. So it's just you just need to understand that.
0: Yeah, that's really useful advice. Um, Now, a lot of people also listening to this are at the very early stages. You've gone ahead and built. Uh, apps and uh, how did you get the funding at the start? Did you do this yourself, or did you manage to get uh, funding from a VC or an angel? T- tell us about how you actually got the money to, to um, pursue your vision.
1: Right. So, again, having come from a previous startup, we had it wasn't sort of kind of financially successful, not you know, and on a large scale, but we had a little bit of kind of backing, and so we're able to. Um, maybe run an experiment or two outside. Again, it ended up being completely outside, but nonetheless, in the beginning, still for the most part, it was just, you know, sweat equity. It was basically me and my co-founder who teamed up on this, who decided that this is something that we want to sort of build and put out into the world. And it was, you know, a lot of it is hard because, no, we did not have sort of institutional kind of backing or even from friends and family, wasn't, that wasn't so much an option. But the beauty of putting together products sort of in the digital age being you know software products, um, which is actually one of the reasons I decided to go into software products on a consumer product from being in hardware, which is what I said I was with computer vision. Um, prototyping there is much more expensive, much more time intensive, much more complicated in every respect. Um, you need people sort of, that that I understand software, hardware, it's it's hard to put that team together. But if you want to build an app, um, you really don't need that much sort of finances to to get going. It's usually just going to be you or you and a friend um, that come up with something, you prototype it, you, let's say, evaluate it, and you, you see that this is a good direction to go forward with. And then as hard as it is, you just basically have to make do with what you got. You have to, Continue. You have to. You have to kind of make yourself be able to kind of, you know, be just kind of sustain. Be able to sustain yourself without actually deviating from the plan of of putting this out. So, but with software, you don't really need that much. You know, you don't really need money to actually build a prototype. That's that's what I believe. And most of the sort of most of the successful products that we now see, they got funding um, after they had some really significant market validation. So to actually put together a prototype, it's you're just going to be sort of coding away on evenings, nights, you know, the weekends, um, in coffee shops and, you know, your parents' place, what have you. Um, and that's important because it actually keeps you hungry and motivated. If if you get back in very early on, uh, funny enough, a lot of the companies, a lot of the sort of, teams that get backing very early or they kind of come from that world and so it's easy for them to acquire it. They, they don't, it's not necessarily they don't work as hard, but they just have different priorities and so they may not be as driven. It's not a do or die for them and that's actually very important. You need to have really a fire under you to, to kind of, you know, persevere. So in the beginning, it's, it, you need to be hungry and uh, you need to work really hard and fast Once you develop something and once it becomes a real thing and you can actually put it out into the world, then you have to, then there's kind of the luck component plays a part. You have to put it out and then you have to start really going around and kind of, you know, getting sort of eyeballs onto your product and uh, driving awareness to it.
0: So let's talk about that, Alec. uh, The uh, driving awareness, you mentioned about BuzzFeed what difference did that make to your business when you got the BuzzFeed article and, and how did that accelerate uh, eyeballs to your app there's no assurance
1: there's no like that you're gonna get coverage there's no like oh well if we just wait for this period of time we're gonna get something and then it's gonna go you know it's gonna go viral that that will likely not happen if you don't do nothing but if you do something, and then you kind of run around and at some point you might just get lucky and then the coverage happens. And so with BuzzFeed, I mean, it was really like a light switch. It was just though I, you know, the product, it it exists from, you know, from before November 12th and after November 12th, because that day basically everything changed. On afternoon, we um I remember waking up today, actually. It's we we just got maybe I don't know, five signups the day before or something. And I remember I got a couple of folks to download it. Um just just the, the previous evening and I woke up and then, you know, we're still excited for, you know, to get 10 users in a day. That was, that was an exciting day. Um, and so, I remember that afternoon we were sitting by a computer um, and then we just started seeing just, spike and we started seeing just floods of people coming in and we didn't know right we didn't know where it was from and we were just we we're just super excited we're like holy crap this is something is happening and we we don't know and we're honestly like too i don't know too too excited to even search for it and we just start seeing kind of the the, the server side of it just exploding and there's all these people coming in and non- and it's kind of it's accelerating and so and then and then everybody's chatting and it's like this is happening for real it we're it we're honestly just kind of overcome with joy. We didn't know what was happening, and um, I started messaging folks, and I was like, "Oh my God! Like something something crazy happened! Like we don't know." And then at some point, one of my friends kind of he forwards me the Buzzfeed article, and I was like, "Okay, so this is this is happening." Um, and after Buzzfeed, I mean, it was that was the beginning of a it was a, of a massive media storm, and yeah, so Buzzfeed was the first, and then. I don't even remember, but it was basically in very rapid succession. It was, you know, it was like Daily Mail and and then Huffington Post, Atlantic, and Business Insider and ABC, CBC, C- and and then it was kind of just just a storm of things. And then Fox, and I, I remember just, again, you know, before November 12th, like sort of nobody heard about you. And then after November 12th, I remember standing in a coffee shop. This was just li- literally like one or two days after BuzzFeed, so basically right in the middle of it. Um, I was standing in a coffee shop just kind of getting the coffee that I always get from the very same place that I always go to and, you know, my phone sort of buzzes and I kind of just pull it out and on Twitter, Fox New York is asking me if I'm down to do a Skype interview and and, and I'm just kind of standing in line and, you know, and, and then the lady's like, what would you like for coffee? And I'm just kind of just, you know, just lost for words. I, I couldn't believe it, right? And um and it was, it, was, it was really, really fun. I mean, you can't, like, that that kind of and so over the next um, I guess month month and a half I mean we got we got we were very lucky with coverage um so we got I mean a ridiculous amount I think it was like over 400 articles within maybe a span of four weeks and from basically every country and every language and it was just kind of for that time it was nonstop and uh, the thing because this is a very kind of newsworthy concept with with real time because we built something that was drastically different and so um they like to write about us because they could take whatever stance the publication wanted to take, right? They could say it was um, the greatest thing in the world and this is going to sort of, you know, change communication, et cetera. Or they could say it's the most evil app ever created and um, and kind of vilify it that way. And, but we didn't care because they kept writing about it. And, um, you know, I think we're called terrifying, like, five or six times in a row by, like, big publications. I mean, BuzzFeed was the first that said, right, terrifyingly transparent texting app of the future. And then I think... CBC called us terrifying after that and like a bunch of other folks and our friends were joking around. They're like, you know, the terrifying boys. So that was really fun.
0: Let's thank the sponsors who helped make the show possible. You want to monetize your app with mobile advertising. And the best way to do that is to package your audience based on first party data and segment them for buyers who are looking for that specific audience. Smarto's SPX platform, a mobile first publisher platform gives you the ability to do just that. Smarto's account management and optimization team can make recommendations on some of the most common segments a publisher can create. Aside from segments, a publisher can also create packages based on content pages such as homepage, sports page, geographies, placements like above, the fold, ad sizes, and ad formats like video, native, image, and rich media. Once the segments or packages of inventory are created, you can define a floor price for that inventory package. You can make exclusive pre-auction fixed price deals with buyers interested in your specific audience segment. Just sign up for SPX at www.smarto.com and contact a Smarto account manager to submit your app for one of their 420 plus global demand partners to access. It's easy, smarto.com, www.smaato.com to get started in just a few clicks. It's time to thank the episode's sponsors. Splitmetrics is an A-B testing and analytics platform for App Store and Google Play icons, screenshots and videos. Swap out icons, screenshots, descriptions, app previews and test them out to determine the perfect combination that works for your audience. Better screenshots can give you a lift of around 30%. Uh, the right video can increase the number of installs by 20 to 30%. You can also test against your competitors and check out how your screenshots, icons, titles and description work in App Store search results, Rep- the app store search experience to compare your app performance with industry competitors. It helps to create the best app store page possible and optimize your user acquisition cost. The cheapest way to acquire users is to increase your conversion rate. Determine the elements that work and bring you more conversions and revenue. Pushing only validated content to the app store allows you to drive more installs and reduce the number of people that drop from the app store page. So to get more installs and optimize your app store presence, go to splitmetrics.com forward slash app guy. Go and book a demo. It's splitmetrics.com forward slash app guy. And I want to thank the founders of Splitmetrics for taking a shot and sponsoring this show. Now let's get back to the interview. Uh, That's so lovely that you shared that story. I, I think that is going to inspire lots of different people listening to this uh, to uh, you know have that kind of feeling of um one day uh, there's nothing much and then the next day it, it just hits. Uh, so the, the final thing we want to do, Alec, is um, we'd love to talk about apps. This is a show about apps, after all. And I just wondered if you have uh, one or two apps that you could recommend to us that you use as an as an entrepreneur. So any any good app advice or app recommendations for us?
1: Right. So, I mean, just looking at my phone right now. I, I really have hundreds upon hundreds of apps. I've, I've Right, so um, for me, you know, I, I I like to listen to music when I work a lot. So um, the, the the one of the apps that I really just use, you know, almost a couple times a day is Shazam. I like to tag music and um, kind of learn new songs, and it helps me, you know, helps keep me kind of inspired to work and listen to good music as I do so. Um,
0: except for that, I, I think. Actually, before you jump on there, Alec, so are you actually using Shazam to listen to the music? Or well, are you... no, to tag it, to tag it. It's just uh,
1: basically I'm able to find music with Shazam and then kind of listen to it, um, you know, as I'm working. Because you never know which song you're going to like and then you always want to kind of keep it for later. So Shazam actually helps you kind of discover new music so that I always have something fresh to listen to.
0: Oh, okay. And how you actually listen to your music? Are you, is it um, uh, what, Spotify or Apple Music?
1: Uh, Sp- yeah, Spotify is good um, and uh, YouTube a lot because it's, you know, I sometimes like some kind of obscure artists and uh, it helps uh, with, uh, you know, with SoundCloud really, actually YouTube and SoundCloud because they usually have the freshest kind of tracks on and you're able to kind of find. Uh,
0: okay, Alec, here's the here's question I've never asked anybody. Um, YouTube has come out with YouTube Red. Have you subscribed to it? Because apparently it's really good for music. But what, what have you actually gone for YouTube Red?
1: Uh, no apparently it's not yet available in canada but i i i will sign up and uh for one it's you know it's gonna kind of stop the ads and the, youtube is really driving it pretty hard with ads i mean I obviously i understand the reasoning behind it but it is a little invasive so just for that ability alone i would uh, i would be you know I'd, I'd do it quite welcomely but um of course uh being able to yeah kind of use some of the other things that they offer i'm i'm, I'm really looking forward to them actually launching in canada and uh, checking it
0: out it, yeah I can imagine a lot of people having real-time conversations as well uh, whilst listening to music <laughs> yeah, uh, so. uh, Alec it's been such a great chat I loved the story uh, I loved how you took us to that point where you uh, had one day five downloads the next day you come in and BuzzFeed had written about you and everything uh, completely changed for you almost overnight. It was lovely to hear that. Uh, how um, I'm going to put uh, the show notes together. It's episode 387. Uh, so for everyone listening, go to theappguy.co, search for Alec Gordon. And uh, you can also search episode 387 and you'll see links to the things that we've talked about. In the meantime though, Alec, how best can we reach out and connect with you? What's the best way of getting in touch?
1: So um, you know, you can always download the app at uh, com and uh, once inside the app, you're gonna have sort of options to um, to get in touch with us. So you can message team at beammessenger.com and uh, you know we'll always respond. So tell us what you think of the app. You know, suggest a couple of features. We'll see if we can um, you know implement them. We're always trying to kind of source ideas from from our users and uh, kind of influence the direction that it's taking so that, uh, you know, everybody's happy. So uh, could definitely reach us at team at beammessenger.com or, you know, sort of from a side app.
0: Terrific. Alec, what a great story. What a great uh, entrepreneur. So glad you uh, came on and talked to us through. And uh, let, good luck with uh, all, all the stuff. It sounds like... Um, did you did, Actually, I have to ask you, do you feel like this could be... Uh, the next Facebook Messenger. Do you, do you ever have like those grand visions of where this app is going? I
1: definitely do. Um, but, uh, you know, I've also sort of come to appreciate uh, the the fact that it, it is a very long journey and uh, it is very long and hard and there's going to be many sort of uh, kind of pitfalls along the way. So, you know, when, when you sort of watch movies about you know, entrepreneurship and, and you talk to folks and they usually kind of just describe the, they fun, cool parts of the journey, but you don't hear about sort of the, you know, the nights of despair where, you know, everything is sort of crashing down and there's no end inside, there's no light at the end of the tunnel and you kind of feel like you should give up or everybody's telling you you should maybe give up and then you kind of have to work through that. So it's, it, you know, it's, it's great when it works out and when it doesn't, um, it, it, can, it can feel... Uh, you sort of can feel really down there, but you just got to keep going. And so, at the end of the day, will you know it will make sense once once it starts happening? It'll kind of all make sense for that.
0: Yeah, my mission with this podcast is to uh, really show people the truth behind startups, the truth behind apppreneurs. How long was it that you were working on Beam Messenger before you got the BuzzFeed uh, viral traffic? Uh, I mean give us an idea of uh, actually how much sweat and blood and tears went into it before that that lovely day on <laughs> what was it November
1: November twelfth yeah so um uh, we probably took us maybe six, seven months to to kind of to build up a, a launch-worthy uh, app. And when I say launch-worthy, by no means was it a good, stable, or even good-looking app. It was basically the most bare bones experience we could have offered, and kind of with a straight face put up on the on the Google Play Store. And so we did. And uh, maybe another, you know, almost two months to basically um, just have it out there and and start kind of driving whatever traffic we could to it. And then. And then the moment happens. Uh, it's important to note that this is also not my first attempt at a product, and not my second. So, if you actually take together all the things that kind of led up to this point, it's it's quite a number of years, and there's definitely a lot of um, things that will happen along the way. But again, you just you just got to keep going if you have the vision.
0: Well, Alec, that's why I do this podcast is to meet entrepreneurs like yourself because uh, it makes me feel better with my ups and downs in my own journey and you know hearing the truth in terms of you know you have that day but everything is leading up and, and there's lots of uh, ups and downs and it's a bit of a roller coaster and uh, there's days where you want to quit and yet there's days where you want to go and celebrate and so Absolutely. Uh, uh, Alex it's been great thanks so much for coming on the show all the best for the future
1: thank you Paul it's been a pleasure cheers
0: Take advantage of our sponsor Smarto's premium package deals and submit your app or mobile website to their one of 11 categories. Buyers can target your inventory with relevant ads for your users, giving you high eCPMs and increased user retention. It's a true win-win. Sign up for SPX at Smarto's publisher platform today to make an exclusive fixed price deal with buyers. Go to www.smarto.com to contact a Smarto account manager today. Splitmetrics claims that appealing screenshots can increase conversions by 30%. Their A-B testing and analytics platform lets you test icons, screenshots, and messaging to build an app profile page that converts. To understand how your design and messaging impacts your app store conversion, schedule a demo at splitmetrics.com forward slash app guy. Splitmetrics.com forward slash app guy. Thanks so much to Splitmetrics for sponsoring the show. So just one final announcement, I have put uh, the first 100 episodes back on Apple, you'll know that the Apple podcasting app does actually only show you maybe the first 100 episodes. And I really need your help. I'd love to get into new and noteworthy for the App Guy podcast, archived episodes one to 100. And I've, there's actually a huge amount of effort. I can see that there's really some popular uh, podcast episodes being played at the moment. Uh, an episode 40, for example, with Sujun Patel seems to be really popular. And if I go down the list here, uh, it looks like actually most of them are being played. Uh, it's hard to pull out a favorite. So uh, if you are new to the podcast and you have not listened to episodes 1 to 100, you can do so now on the Apple Podcasting app. But this is where I need your help. The first seven days are pretty critical on the podcasting store. So in fact, the first eight weeks, uh, if you can leave me a review uh, for uh, anyone who's got an iPhone or an iPad, or you listen to this on a Mac, then uh, go and uh, leave me a review. Five stars would be preferable. Then uh, even commenting uh, on your review, uh, that means that I stand more chance to get into new and noteworthy on Apple. And that means I can attract some new listeners to the show. And it really does help my sponsors, me, and the show progress. So go do something pretty awesome for me. Help me out by going to maybe the best way of doing it is going to search your podcasting app for Paul Kemp. And you'll see uh, something called the App Guide Podcast the first 100 episodes. And it's taken a lot of work, but I'm actually, I've released the first 50 odd so far. And each episode, From 50 to 100 is going on over the next several weeks, every day. And it just gives you a chance to listen to some of those fantastic uh, archives. Turn back the clock and listen to the origination of the show. Uh, The first 100 episodes were my favorite and actually I learned a huge amount. So uh, go and do that. And if you are using other podcasting apps and you cannot find that in your podcasting app, then please let me know because it means that I need to submit the feed through to whoever is finding those feeds and uh, also i am very likely to appear soon on google play which is really exciting so uh, for the first time google play may be supporting podcasts which is uh, terrific so go and help me out go and help out the show do something pretty awesome leave a review for the app guide podcast the first 100 episodes it's called archive part one and uh, otherwise i look forward to delivering another episode to you shortly